0: Greetings everybody, this is a Travel Addict Podcast where you can hear candid stories and discussions about business and adventure travel from around the world. With activities such as trekking, diving, camping, driving, cruising and just plain chilling out somewhere, we talk about lots of experiences in places all over the world including the grand, the remote, the edgy, the risque and ones of questionable merit. Education, fulfillment and wonder enrich our lives. And of all the books in the world, the best stories are found between the pages of a passport. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. Malcolm Teasdale here, the travel addict. It's Sunday, and it was time to reflect. Uh, This year, later on in the year, that is, I am going back to see one of the seven wonders in the world for the second time. Makes you wonder why I want to do that. Well, there's more to this trip than uh, just that, by the way. Now, the seven wonders of the world, the natural wonders of the world, are the Great Barrier Reef, Mount Everest, Paracutin Volcano in Mexico, the Aurora Borealis, the Harbor of Rio de Janeiro, the Grand Canyon, and Victoria Falls in Africa. So, which one do you think it is? Oh, well, I'll be upfront. It's Victoria Falls. Now, This made me cast my mind back to the first time I went there quite a few years ago. I was working um, and at a conference in South Africa, Sun City to be exact. After I finished all the meetings, um, I was staying in uh, Johannesburg for the final night at the Michelangelo Hotel, impressive place. I headed out for the 30-minute drive to the airport. I was, in fact, on my way to Livingstone, Zambia. Uh, The place had fascinated me ever since my father told me he had been stationed there in that area during World War II. He contracted malaria during his tenure there, which prompted me to actually start a course of mefloquine tablets a week before my trip began, just in case. Now, I boarded the rather tight-fitting 737 for an 80-minute flight to Livingstone. Plane was 90% full, primarily with tourists, okay, with their idea, same as mine, probably. And uh, as it started to descend into the Livingston Airport, there was a magnificent view of the Victoria Falls. We were still at 30,000 feet. This started my heart racing as I knew I'd be shortly landing or standing real close to one of the seven natural wonders of the world. Now, I'm not sure who flies to, there today, but I think it's the South African airline, Airlink, who are quite good actually. Now, After three others and I passed through customs, we were greeted by this gentleman called Cedric, who was a representative from a famous landmark hotel located on the Zambezi River, just outside of Livingstone. This was to be my home for the next two nights. Now, Cedric was a jolly old fellow who loved his job as a tour guide, and for the 20-minute drive to the hotel, he couldn't stop talking. Each description he provided of a significant landmark uh, we passed by would end in a two-second... Wow! As in, we are passing the local police station. Wow! And on the right is a hospital named after Dr. Livingstone. Wow! Now, (laughs) the wails continued until we pulled up outside of the hotel... As we approached the hotel, we saw two large wireless communication towers dressed up as palm trees so as to not pollute the landscape. Sort of a nice concept. The reception committee at the hotel was extremely courteous and everyone on the shuttle bus had an individual greeter. Interestingly enough, I was escorted into a lounge area where I was given an iced tea and a cool towel before having the hotel rules and features explained to me in detail. The most important rule was to not leave the patio doors of the hotel room open as the local monkeys would enter looking for food and probably tear up the place. Good advice. Now, a golf cart uh, with its smartly attired limo driver took me and my luggage to the room, an immaculate, spacious place. I dumped my luggage on the bed, picked up my camera and headed for the falls. I didn't even give myself time to think about what clothes would be appropriate to wear to view this spectacle. Oh, by the way, I'm staying at the Royal Livingston Hotel. It's part of the Anantara group these days. Now, 10-minute walk it is. I came across monkeys and zebras who were just roaming around the area. I mean in the area of the hotel And the hotel I was staying at uh, was in fact situated in a game park, so it was really the animal's home, not the human's. The spray from the falls became more intense the closer I came to the drop-off point. My breath was taken away from me as I stood at one of the viewing areas, which was an opening created among the foliage, and stared at the awesome power and beauty of one of the world's greatest sights, no doubt about it. Trying not to let the spray damage my camera, old camera, you know, the old version, I took several photos in quick succession and zipped it back in my pocket. It was difficult to get good photos because the spray had made it look as though I was in dense fog. I then ventured to more viewing points and soon became completely drenched for some strange reason. I rented a raincoat from a small stall that was strategically situated for arriving tourists. Obviously, this had no effect as I was already soaking wet. So it was pointless, really, renting it in the first place. Now, I was thinking straight, well, probably not quite as straight as that. Uh, I was distracted with the thoughts of coming to the reality of where I actually was at that moment in time. For a few minutes... I stepped out onto a rock just off the bank of the Zambezi River about 15 feet before the water dropped off into the abyss. The water sped past me on both sides about one second before it fell over the edge. That was an eerie feeling, as I knew that if I fell off that rock, I would have been dead moments later. Now, for anyone contemplating suicide, it would have been an easy way to go, like jumping off a pyramid. (laughs) it presented a very dramatic way to end one life if someone so desired to do that now i returned the raincoat and headed back to my room for a much needed shower (laughs) seems appropriate doesn't it still shaking a little from the standing so close to the edge of my life now i hung my clothes over the chairs on the patio to dry off in the late afternoon sun hoping that if the monkeys came by they wouldn't decide to hold a fashion show Okay, that's out on the balcony, of course. Now, live English football was playing on television, which was strange as I was virtually in the middle of nowhere. I suppose it made me feel a little less cut off from the outside world. With the many African footballers who couldn't replay in the English Football League, there was much interest in the game all over the continent. Now, some of the African nations, such as Ghana, Nigeria, Cameroon, Togo, Senegal, over recent years have become top-class teams football was the sport of the continent. After the shower, I was revi- re- revitalized. I put on some dressy clothes and headed for the bar for an early evening cocktail. I sat on a deck area that extended into the mighty Zambezi River upstream from the falls. I have drunk a beer in some wonderful locations, but that moment was really special. It was a great sight as the sun went down, gradually diminishing the visibility of the spray that towered hundreds of feet above the point where the water disappeared over the precipice. An evening meal consisting of Zambezi bream fish and South African wine brought an end to an exhilarating day. I was feeling no pain as I entered my room and turned on the light. Then the largest beetle, I have ever seen in my life scurried across the floor looking for an area of darkness but came to an abrupt halt against the closet door. This bug or beetle was the size of my hand so it was big enough for some personal shock I guess. It was the first bug I have ever heard walking. Not knowing if it was a good or bad beetle, if you know what I mean, I kicked it out of the room now a few minutes later i opened the door to see if it had decided to go home and it ran back into the room this time i took a close-up picture to use as proof in case i told my book story at a later date and needed Evans. anyway this time i helped my unwanted visitor out of the room and down the pathway about 20 yards or so away or at least closer to someone else's room <laughs> That was enough excitement for the night, and it did uh, make me double-check other areas of room and the bed for other creatures of the night well, and the day also. At least there were no monkeys asleep in my bed. Now, after spinach, carrot, and cucumber juice in the morning, followed by a substantial cooked breakfast, I had inhaled enough protein for a week. The day was to be activity filled, so I needed as much energy as possible. Kitted out in shorts and a T-shirt, I headed from the resort grounds to the Falls area. Now, as I exited the vicinity of the hotel, I had to sign out at a security booth acknowledging I was heading into a public area. The hotel probably wanted to keep track of all of its guests. Maybe they had previously incurred some instances of people going missing and wanted to be released of any liability. If innocent tourists succumb to wild animals or fell victims to bad guys in the bush, something like that. Now, a left turn onto a main road took me to a police-controlled area that preceded a bridge crossing into uh, Zimbabwe. As I wanted to see Victoria Falls from the Zimbabwean side, I started walking across the old rickety iron bridge that divided the two nations. Now, unnerving warning signs telling truck drivers not to stop on the bridge and imposing limits on loads and size of cargo didn't make me feel very secure from thoughts of falling several hundred feet into the ravine below, you know, when the bridge collapses. Now, halfway across the bridge uh, was a tourist trap where bungee jumping was in progress. Now, this is one daredevil stunt I would never attempt. Plus, surely it can't be good for the back, Now, however, a teenager was being hooked up for the plunge. His father looked more nervous than the boy jumping off the edge of the bridge. He was at that age where, you know, kids rarely listened to any advice from the parents. And according to his father, he was hell-bent on doing the jump, defying advice from anyone else. Sounds like me when I was younger. Cameras from surrounding witnesses all clicked simultaneously as he jumped off the bridge, as if he were competing for... Uh, a gold medal in the Olympic Games. Now, less than 30 feet from splattering into the water, the bungee cord pulled him back. I had seen enough stupidity and carried on across the bridge while they figured out how to get the kid back on safe land. Probably they reeled him in like a helpless fish. Now, once across the bridge... And after a half-mile walk along an unkempt road, I arrived at the security checkpoint. I had to get a visa, which cost $30, uh, 30 U.S. dollars, by the way, um, for an American and $50 for a British citizen. Um, I chose the cheaper admission fee. Um, because I had my American passport with me. A visa that covered a complete page in my passport was granted. And as I walked another half mile to an entrance to Victoria Falls, another $20 left my pocket as I entered the grounds. Okay, visa fee, enter the grounds fee. Well, it was well well worth the money as the views were spectacular, even more so than on the Zambian side. After filling up my camera's memory with pictures, I exited the park and crossed the street to about five or six souvenir shops. Disappointingly, they all sold the same things, such as guidebooks and drinks. There were no T-shirts, postcards, fridge magnets, or any trinkets representing one of the most spectacular places on earth. When I asked about T-shirts, a couple of the locals aggressively tried to persuade me to go with them to a souvenir shop about a mile away in their car. Now, if the shop did in fact exist... It was out of sight and a ride with an unknown person in a country that was in political and financial turmoil at that time and had a crime rate rivaling the Wild West. <laughs> so it was out of the question. As I walked back towards Zambia, I was pestered several more times by street talkers selling homemade souvenirs. I succumbed to purchasing a couple of copper bracelets from someone who looked genuinely poor and after that the crowd of street salespeople increased around me as I was seemed to have money. I made a mistake, although it would have been a bigger one, excepting the riot a few minutes earlier. It was a sort of a relief to be back in Zambia, and within three hours after eating breakfast, walking into Zimbabwe and back, I was back in my hotel room taking a shower. In the afternoon, the jeep left the resort at 3 o'clock for a game drive in the smallest of Zambia's 19 national parks. Apart from myself, there was a family of three, including a mischievous child and a couple of sort of prim and proper ladies from England, probably in their 70s. Now, Edwin was our guide for the targeted three-hour tour. The prominent animals in the park were giraffes, zebras, monkeys, baboons, warthogs, elephants, wildebeest, rhinos, and impalas but no large cats. Now, Edward didn't explain why there were no lions, so I assumed the park was somewhat controlled by the government as to what species they invited to live there. Who knows? Now, as Edwin steered the jeep around a tight bend, it became stuck in the mud. The more he revved the engine and the more the wheels spun, the deeper the jeep sank in the mud. Now, as we were in an open-sided jeep, I became thankful... There were no mean, hungry cats in the neighbourhood, but there were rhinos. Edwin raised the alarm with his colleagues on his walkie-talkie, and for the next 45 minutes, we walked around the immediate vicinity of the disabled jeep, with an eye on the surrounding landscape, looking for any curious animals, especially the rhinos that might be interested in the park's new temporary inhabitants. Now, surprisingly, none of us became panicky, except for a few moments of nervous laughter, Edwin's colleagues arrived and pulled us out of the mud, and the game drive was back on the road. As dusk was upon us, we headed for the exit, but we came across a herd of elephants, including the baby, and that, they just wanted to do or decided to have a family meeting in the middle of the road that we were on. As elephants are very protective of their offsprings and viewed as a threat, as us, we had to reverse back down the road. Now, one of the elephants followed us for quite some time until the road became wide enough for us to quickly turn around and drive off in the direction from where we had just come from. We had to find another way out of the park. Now, as darkness fell, I started to have visions of us sleeping in the jeep while the hungry wild animals of the night shift were just about to start their day in search of food. The talkative crowd we'd had in the jeep for the afternoon became eerily silent until Edward finally announced, we made it. Everyone started talking again. I barely had enough time to freshen up before making my reservation at the Hotel Sister Resort about a mile away. A substantial buffet uh, that I consumed slowly over the space of two hours allowed me to reflect on an action-packed day. Now, after a nightcap at my own hotel, fabulous bar by the way, and a discussion One of the bartender's favorite subjects, politics, I slept for a good 10 hours before the scream of playful monkeys woke me up in the morning. Now, that wasn't my um, designated wake-up time, by the way. They just come to life when daylight breaks. It was back to Johannesburg for one more night on uh, Nelson Mandela Square. Now, I treated my body to a large steak with a couple of glasses of the now highly rated South African wines. It had been an exhausting couple of days, so luckily, the few hours of informal meetings the following day didn't impose on any stress or hardship on my tiring body. In fact, the office park where the meetings were staged was in a game area where various harmless animals roamed around among the buildings. Now, my last-ditch phone call to my airline in an attempt to get an upgrade to business class was successful, so a 12-hour flight to Paris and a one-hour-onward flight to Birmingham, England was a breeze. Now, for the one night in England, I just got a taxi to my father's house and stayed there for the next nine hours before rising at four in the morning to make my flight back to Atlanta via Newark Airport. Up until that point, everything had gone smoothly, but Newark came back to haunt me. I arrived at Newark problem-free from the transatlantic portion of my flight, but my connection onward to Atlanta was delayed and eventually cancelled. That's another story, my experience in Newark Airport. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, I had to spend the night in Newark. I'd travel all these distances, but couldn't make the last short leg home. I stayed in one of the convenient airport hotels, which was a far cry from the wonderful hotels I'd experienced in Livingston, Zambia, and Johannesburg, and Sun City. I was back down to earth with a great big thud. Now, to cap it off, torrential rain the next morning soaked me as I left the airport, um, or, I should say, I left the hotel for the airport. Now, taking into consideration my visit to Victoria Falls, it was the second time inside a week I'd been completely drenched while fully closed, with experiences being a world apart. Now, from a business perspective, the conference I attended had a lot of interest, so it was all good. So, but my trip to South Africa made the whole and zambia of course and zimbabwe made the whole travel experience even more rewarding and unforgettable even the newark experience the airport have long since been forgotten um so that all good so yes this year probably september time frame i will be back in that neck of the woods the long flight down to nairobi trip over to zanzibar then up to Livingston, Zambia, to see one of the seven wonders of the world again. Magnificent. Many thanks for joining me today. This is Malcolm Teasdale signing off. Before I do, please check out my website, malcolmjteasdale.com, for more information about my travels around the world. Okay, folks, talk to you later. Bye for now. Stay safe.